Hi, and welcome back to our School District Podcast, School Buzz. Today we're talking about new teacher induction and the program that we have here in the district. And I have with me Krista Thompson, Renee Rubio, and Michelle Lambeth. Um, and uh, Renee and Michelle are in charge of this program. So ladies, give me a short introduction and tell me a little bit about yourselves. I'll start. I'm Krista Thompson. I'm the Director of Curriculum Instruction and Assessments, and I um, I get to work with these wonderful ladies um, with the induction program and all of our new teacher support as well. So um, I'm not going to have a whole lot to say during this podcast, but I'm here for support, but I'm going to turn it over to Renee and Michelle. Renee? Hi, I am Renee Rubio. I have been a district, or a district, I've been a teacher in the Lancaster School District for, um, sad to say, for my gray hair, over 20 years. Um, I am now the induction facilitator for our school district, and I am also a professor at um, California State University, Bakersfield. What are you a professor for? I teach the elementary science course. Oh, very cool. And I am Michelle Lambeth, and I too have been a teacher in the Lancaster School District for over 20 years, and now am an induction facilitator with Renee. All right. You probably don't know this, but when I first went into admin, I started as the coordinator of professional development for Palmdale. And in my department was also, um, not, not overseen by me, but like my next door neighbor in the office was the person in charge of induction. So I've known about induction for a very long time. Um, before when it was BITSA, <laughs> when it was teacher support, it's made a lot of changes over the years. Um, it's gotten more prescribed by the by the state, uh, a lot more controls over it, uh, but a very, very important program. So I know that there's more than just like intern teachers. There's like several different kinds of brand new teachers. Can you explain those to me and and what's the, what's the difference? Um, so we have three main types of teachers in our district for new teachers. Um, the first ones we have are teachers that are, are on emergency permits. We call them STIPs or PIPs because that's the kind of permit they have. And they basically have a bachelor's degree and are working on getting into a university program or some of the introductory classes that they need to move forward. Um, after they get into a program, they can do a few of the requirements. They can earn their intern credential, and that means that they are in a university program working on their teaching credential. Once they finish that program, they get a preliminary California credential, and that is one in which um, they roll into the induction program, and we refer to those as our induction candidates. Okay, um, so... The induction program itself is an accredited program that provides support for all the new teachers, including our SIPs and PIPs, although they're not an induction. Um, and their main function there is to provide a mentor and just a whole group of people that are there to support the brand new teachers with all the things that they should need to clear their California credential. So how long does that process usually take? If Let's say you start it as a PIP. How long does it take to get all the way through and get a clear credential? Well, it really depends on the candidate. It depends on how aggressive they are taking their um, their university program. So, um, the PIP in, uh, the PIP permit is granted for one academic school year. So, regardless of when they get it, if they get it in um, August or if they get it in January, it expires the following June. From there, they can get their the STIP permit, or, and that one is also good for one academic year. 
After that, when they're in their program, they can get a, they can get an intern credential, which will be um, good for two years. And then, of course, induction is a two-year program with their preliminary. Okay, so it's not uh, everybody takes that long. It's uh, just that is what the different credentials allow. Okay, because I remember a million years ago when I was getting my teaching credential, I had to work for free for a year doing my student teaching, and and so. But then when I came out, I had a clear credential. Yeah, no longer we hire them as fully full teachers with full benefits and everything, and they work through that as uh, with the support of the induction program. Okay, and I remember a million years ago too, you could get an emergency permit and you could stay on it for a very long time. Can you still stay on an emergency permit for a long time? No, the that emergency permits are the steps and pips, and they're each only good for one academic year. Okay, so it gets rid of those people on emergency credentials for 10 years, because I remember that was a problem for some of them. <laughs> and uh, There was one person that said you know, he didn't have to go and do the requirements for the university because his mother was important in the district, and he found out pretty quick that his mother did not supersede the um, California Teaching <laughs> Commission. <laughs> Amazing what your mom can't do for you sometimes. <laughs> so the teacher induction program is to help teachers clear their credential, how has this program changed since it you moved from the universities to school districts? Okay, so California has a two-tiered credential system for teachers. Um, it used to be all the way through the university. We have learned that teachers grow faster, more efficiently, and, and fill their toolbox more if they do some of that work actually in the classroom. So then California developed the secondary tier, which is our tier. That is the induction um, program. So we are separate, but we are together. We're a very tight group with our local universities. We have regular meetings. We inform each other. So we're separate, but we're still a really great team and function together to help our candidates get through as easily as possible. Um, so in our second tier, again, it's a two-year um, job embedded program. Um, we focus on those extensive supports and monitoring of new teachers in that first and that second year of teaching. Now, you all have brought up those permits and the SNPs and the PIPs and all those things. Induction really was built for the teacher who did what you did, Rebecca, which was student teach. Mm -hmm. And when you're coming into induction, this is your first experience in the classroom. Well, due to the teacher shortage, that's not what's happening anymore. A lot of our induction candidates could have four years teaching experience by the time they get there. So that's why it was really important for the new induction program to be able to meet a teacher's needs where they are. What a first year teacher needs and what a fifth year teacher needs are two entirely different things. So they've really improved induction uh, by getting rid of BITSA and all the box checking and all the you have to do this and you have to do this. Now induction is all about what does the teacher need. So in, in the first tier, the universities, it's still very prescribed. You have to take this class, this class, you have to know this. But when you get to us in the second tier, it's more based on individual needs. So it, it's done a lot of growing, a lot of changing, and it is a much more effective program for teachers now than it has ever been in the past. That, that's really good to hear. I know when I, I did my student teaching, I did it in Camarillo, very different place than Lancaster and Palmdale. And when I came to teach that first year, I was just like given, I, I always tell people, I came before there were standards. So they gave you a key to the room and they gave you some books and said, nah, use them if you want and kind of go, we'll see you in June. And they didn't give you any other support than that. And that's, you know, that first year teaching by yourself, 
boy, well, I could have really used a mentor. I could have really used a program to kind of like check in on me and see how I was doing. And I think that's such a better way to keep people in the profession because instead of the sink or swim, you've got somebody there that can help you and you can bounce ideas off and, you know, get some ideas for classroom management, all those things that new teachers struggle with at the beginning. And the good thing, because we haven't talked about that yet, is, you know, induction is a requirement of the state. Every teacher has to go through it to clear their credential. But the amazing part of working at Lancaster is they get it for free. We do not charge. And we are surprised of how many other school districts force them to go through a university or at their own district and pay. It can be between four and $8,000 a year. Oh, wow. So Lancaster is a really great place to be because we not only provide you intensive support, but we don't charge you for it. And so that's a really great perk for working for a district. Well, that is wonderful. I didn't realize there was a cost to those programs. Um, so that's crazy to put on new teachers that are working and getting their university classes and then have to ch charge them from an intern program, especially when we need people desperately in the profession. So um, I'm glad we don't charge our new teachers. So what is your pro how does your program relate to the California standards for the teaching profession? Okay, so the standards for the teaching profession is what we base everything on. Um, so like Renee said, everything that we do in induction is based on the candidate's own needs. And they use the CSTPs as guideposts to decide what they do need. Just like um, when you go in for an evaluation and a principal says, what are you gonna work on? Same thing goes for induction. Um, our candidates with their mentors, they look at what their areas of improvement that they feel that they need to do. What do they need to work on? And they develop um, from there what they're gonna focus on each semester. One of those CSTPs and they use that to kind of prescribe what they're gonna do in their classroom, what teaching strategies they're gonna look for and try out, how they're gonna grow as a teacher and what the effect of that growth is on student learning. So a lot of that is, in every part of it, all the reflection goes back to those CSTPs. And, and that's great because at least they're very familiar with them when the teacher talks about evaluation and what they want to kind of work on that year. They already know about the standards and know, um, you know, how they're going to, what they want to work on that year to improve as a teacher. I think that's wonderful. Like I said, I came before there were instructional standards and before there were standards for the teaching profession. <laughs> I, I would like to add to you that induction isn't about doing extra work. So we very much, and we don't make them, this is their plan, their road. But we very much encourage them to tie their work in the classroom with induction to that evaluation goal so that you're working not double but doing the same thing and really hopefully showing growth in the classroom because not only do you have the support of your mentor but you've got the support of your administrator and your instructional coach and everybody's talking the same language so it's been really powerful for our um, candidates and our mentors and I've really enjoyed going to the colloquiums that you have at the end of the year and seeing the projects that people have worked on, either, you know, small group instruction or, you know, other things that are working in the classroom and just how excited they are and how much data that they're using to show growth in their classroom. It's been very, the last few ones I've been to, I've been so impressed with our new teachers of how professional and how knowledgeable they are for brand new teachers. So they've done a great job. Um, describe your program and what a teacher can expect during those two years of induction. 
Okay, so our program is technically called the Lancaster Eastside Teacher Induction Program. We are, are a consortium with Eastside School District as well. So all of their new teachers that have preliminaries, they also join us and go through the program with us as well. Currently, we are servicing 145 teachers in between Lancaster School District and Eastside. And with that program, as soon as a candidate is um, has earned a preliminary credential and it's posted to the CTC, we the first thing we do is we provide them a mentor within the first 30 days. They're paired up with that mentor based on credentials and what the job then for the mentor at the very beginning is to get to know the candidate and to provide some just-in-time support. So whatever that candidate needs, right in the beginning. So if they're struggling with, you know, I don't know how to write a beginning of the year letter, I don't know how to contact parents, whatever it is that the candidates need, that is what our mentors are there for. From there, they start working on observing their candidates and seeing, and together they decide on what their weaknesses are, what they need to improve on or what they, their goals are for the year, and they start developing that ILP or the individual learning plan. And that's where that CSTP takes forefront and they start building that SMART goal and working with their mentors, coming to their classes and working with their instructional coaches and working on how can they develop as a teacher, build that teaching toolbox that is an effective toolbox with students. So you, you mentioned that data. So they collect that data as they, they try out a new strategy, they collect the data and ask themselves, were students successful with this data? And if they were, they reflect on what was that. If they weren't, they reflect on that and look at new next steps. Um, it's all about professional growth, but at the same time, knowing that student achievement is at the center of everything that a teacher does. So if the strategies that they're using aren't successful, they need to know what we do next. And it's okay if they weren't successful, it's just not okay that they didn't reflect and change and work on becoming that effective teacher. They include that SMART goal, that's the measurable part, that's very important that they're working on, and the reflection. That's great. And I think that that's an important message for every teacher. I mean, you can be very experienced and do a lesson that you're trying something new and it didn't work out. And you, think, and you don't want to just give up on it. You want to reflect on what didn't go well, try it again. Um, you know, you can't expect every single lesson to go perfectly. It just doesn't work that way. Um, and it's that continual cycle of improvement. Even if you've got 20 years of experience, you're still improving the way you teach. And so having them understand that early, looking at the data and then make it, reflecting on it and then act, plan, do, um, you know, making sure that they're always moving forward. I think that's an important message. You don't have to be perfect at the beginning. You just have to be making progress. Exactly. And I think that's one of the hardest conversations we have with our new teachers. The look on their face, Michelle and I laugh every night after that first time because we tell them some of us are going to, you're going to fail and it's okay because you've sometimes learned more by failing than you did by succeeding. Some of these teaching strategies, you're gonna try it and you're gonna be like, that was pulling teeth. I never <laughs> wanna do that again. So they have to come to learn that even their own personality and who they are as a teacher is gonna affect what they do with their students. So like we tell them, you're gonna fail. And they're like, no, I am not. <laughs> well, yeah, you will, it's okay. Um, but they get a little horrified over that. But we all know as teachers in the room that some of our, 
our best lessons were our worst because we learned the most about us and our students. And it's a hard lesson for brand new teachers who want to do everything perfect all the time. Well, and I think a lot of teachers have that problem. They want to do everything perfect and they don't want to look foolish. They don't want things to go bad. But I, th- like you said, that's the time a lot of times that we learn the most and we like, okay, what went wrong? Let's go back. And our, our students need to see that learning process. If they think that people are just perfect and things go well all the time, they don't understand that growth mindset of, hey, that didn't work. Let's try this again. You know, we've got to teach how to learn. And sometimes it's about failing too as we move forward. So I understand that your program will be going through a review next year. You lucky ducks next year instead of this year, like it was supposed to be. Um, explain that process to us. Um, so as everybody knows, induction is an accredited program through the state. So we basically operate like a university, in a little university in the district. We have um, program standards that we must adhere to, that we must make sure we are following at all times. Um, and so to do that, we have the lovely state, the state comes on down and they bring a team and they perform what's called a site visit. Um, we are lucky enough in this district, I've been trained as a board of institutional reviewers. So I am one of the people that go on the site visits at other districts, which really, really, really gives our district a leg up because I see what's, what people are doing out there. And let's not lie, what makes a good teacher is we beg, borrow, and steal, right? We don't recreate the wheel. Um, so look, induction is a very good team. We support ourselves, each other, across the state. Um, so here we are. We are in year five, um, and we are getting ready to complete our last task before the state comes in and visits with you and Krista and the superintendent and all the people to check and make sure that what our documentation says, we are actually doing. We have a fantastic program, and I am not a bit worried, stressed out over all the pieces that have to go into place, yes, um, but we're, it's gonna be great. It is a lot of work. We've had to make, correct me if I'm wrong, like five different websites um, that are evidence-based, where here's the standard, we're listing the evidence, We've had three different times, different teams come through from the state and review these little baby chunks of evidence to get us to the big, the big site visit. Mm-hmm. And it actually works well because what that does is that differentiates your site visit. Basically, if you have all your pieces in place, your site visit is a lot more pleasant. They don't ask for as much because they've seen it, your evidence, you're out there, you've shared it all. Um, and so that's kind of why they break it up for us. And We've passed everything with flying colors so far, and we're looking not, okay, we are looking forward to um, the next section, and the next section after that, so we can say done. Um, it's been it's been interesting, but through the process, Michelle and I have learned so much just about our own program and how it works for the people and how the people receive it, um, and so we've made a lot of changes, not changes, like little tweaks here and there to make it better each time we go through our evidence. So it's been a really good process to help us to refine our own practices and our own program and make sure that we are doing what we need to do for new teachers. Um, So we'll be seeing the state in February, 2023, they come down. The the wacky part right now is we are still virtual for state site visits. We don't know uh, virtual or not, which way they're gonna go. It depends on the state of the world at the time. 
Um, for me, as an institutional reviewer, it's much easier to do it virtual. So if I had a vote, I pick that, but they don't ask for our votes, so there's that too. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper. It's a lot cheaper. Buy hotel rooms and food and such things. So exactly. Well, and it's nice that you are on that board that you have looked at other people's programs because it really gives you a lot of insight. And I can tell you, I've I've been in, around induction for a long time. I know our our program is a quality program because I see at the symposium what people are producing. So it, it's wonderful. Krista, you had something. I do. I just want to jump in here and give a shout out to Renee and Michelle. Um, this work to get us prepared for this site visit and get our accreditation taken care of is no small feat. Um, I've watched Renee and Michelle uh, just bust it out. And so I, hats off to them for all the work. That they, this is hours and hours and hours. They could have a doctoral, they could get their PhD based on the work that they're doing for this. So um, I just want to say how much I appreciate them and um, I hope Lancaster knows how lucky we are to have them doing this work for us. We are lucky because it is, that state review is a huge, huge deal. And people that don't know, don't know, <laughs> you know, because it's just done behind the scenes. You guys have a fantastic program and people don't understand the work that's put into it. But um, I know you guys will do fine with the state. You've got a great program. And I appreciate it. I, I've told people I've got a new teacher in the district. And um, I told Krista she owes me a check for new teacher support because every day we talk about what the how what happened at school today and just learning those really basic things of just classroom control of um, do you need a library book if you need a library book go get one and then everybody jumps up you're like oh no 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 <laughs> control the chaos don't do that <laughs> so but you know you don't know if you haven't been in a classroom managing children before so just. And there's so much to learn as a new teacher. You have to know the safety plan. You know classroom management. You have to know all the standards. You don't have to do ELD. It's just, it's overwhelming. Because I was trying to put things together for her, and I thought, wow, I, I'd forgotten how much there was to learn. So I, I appreciate the program. And um, we want to keep good quality professionals in Lancaster. And I think that support that you give them is just what they need. And um, I love that you, the program has changed from checking off boxes to doing what they need to do in the classroom and to improve their practice. So that's a great change that the state made. I appreciate you ladies coming on. Our next um, podcast hopefully will be on equitable practices. I'm trying to get Director Casey in here to do a podcast with me, but I appreciate you coming in today. Um, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us.